the good, the bad, the ugly. Welcome to Sustain Nutrition's podcast, Chewing the Fat, where Joe and James will be discussing all things good, bad and ugly regarding training and nutrition. So pull up your pants, put your best foot forward and get ready for some serious oral pleasure. Without further ado, here are your hosts, Joe and James. Sustain. Nutrition. Chewing. The. Fat. Podcast. We don't have a title. We do have a title. I don't know what episode it is either. One six seven podcasting. One fifty seven. Anyway, why your diet didn't work? That's the working title. That's what we're working with. Why your diet didn't work? We're going to look back at your previous dieting history, point out why it didn't work, because, well, I'm sure I can speak for both as Joe, but you can tell me if I'm wrong. I see a lot of people blaming themselves for their previous, let's call it, you know, as people call it, their failures. Why they've not been able to stick to something. I don't understand because Susan's lost loads of weight on Weight Watchers. Dave's lost loads of weight on Keto. Why can't I do it? From my perspective, people go, well, it must be me. And it's not. Stop blaming yourself. You've been let down by what you've been led to believe. And these are the things that we're going to list here, the reasons why it didn't work for you, which aren't out of your control, but maybe just out of your skill set or even out of your knowledge. You might not even be aware that these things are problems. And we're not doing this just to chunt it, but hopefully by looking at why what you did before didn't work, it will then help you going forward so you can figure out exactly what it is you need to do rather than just jumping from diet bandwagon to diet bandwagon and not getting where you want if you actually look at what hasn't worked before that then gives you a more tailored approach to what you need to work on going forward we're going to run a, a diet diagnostic so it's going to flag up you like that joe mm. going to raise the eyebrows off it um almost like a diet diagnosis quiz which you can find on our web page which will flag up potential problem areas from your previous dieting attempts and also tell you how to fix them but anyway, save you 40 minutes of listening to this. Cha-ching. No, this is in depth. Right. We're in the room with you. We're, we're in your ears telling you what's going wrong. So first one, my favorite. So I'm going to take the lead on this one, Joe. The one constant in 99 out of 100 diets, I would say, if I wanted to make up numbers, that would be it, is they only ever address what you eat and never why you're eating. So they will remove foods or they'll get you to eat a certain brand of food, perhaps a brand that was created by that dieting system. <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Slimmer World Weight Watchers. Um, which is cool, short term, but we've got to fix what's going on up river. Why have we gained the weight? Why do we struggle to be consistent? Consistency is always going to be the key. It's always going to be the main aim. So if your diet's only going right, you can only eat between these hours or you can only eat these products or you can't eat this type of food, it's going to be a temporary fix if it even fixes anything at all. You've got to look at the reasons why you have gained weight. It might work. 
if you're willing to do it for the rest of your life, if the process that can get you that result is something you can do long term. So obviously people do lose weight on keto and fasting and Slimming World and Weight Watch and all these things. But the process just has to be, A, it has to be successful and B, it has to be sustainable. And so for the most part, people follow diets that aren't. And therefore, when they follow it, it works. Sometimes, often it doesn't. But then if they're not following it, then there's no follow-up to that. So with Sustain, if we recommend that somebody eats more protein and veg and they don't do it, is we then push into why are you not doing that? What's stopping you from doing this? Because as a coach, you can either stand there with your hands on your hips saying, do as I tell you, eat more protein and veg. But if somebody's not doing it for a reason, then you need to figure out why. What is stopping them from doing that? Why are they not doing it? And so that's the benefit of being a coach because you know there's people who I work with who I will repeat the same questions. And I'll do it four or five times. Then I'll say, I've asked you this four or five times now. Why is it not happening? And then you but get that's, just, just, just to interrupt that, that's not you telling them off. That's you getting them to look internally and go, yes, why am I not doing what this expert in his field he, he's, he's suggesting that I do to get to the goal that I've asked him to help me to. You know, it's holding, not, people, holding people to account, isn't it? Is they... Yeah, I'm getting people to think, be more mm. mindful of what they're doing. Sorry to interrupt you. It's okay, because like you said, they, they, there will be a reason that it's not being done, and everyone's reason will be slightly different, and then you need to then have that discussion. Because if someone's doing it just because I told them to, so say they're morally, morally against it, whatever reason, then we need to figure out why. And is there a solution in here that means that they can stand by their, their morals and their ethical decisions or whatever it is that's stopping them and still be successful? Of course, there's always a way around this. You don't have to do things with the way that we recommend. There's obviously reasons that we're recommending it because we think it's going to be easier. But if there's a reason that doesn't work for you, then we figure it out. And so it's about holding people in that space where they're forced to think. And it's not just, right, go and do that. Just do as you're told. How, long, how often does that work, you know, with regards to if you're trying to get your child to eat well, and they say, I want some chocolate, and you go, no, you can't have any. Well, what's going to happen on the day they grow up? And if you've never explained why they're doing certain things or why excessive chocolate is so important or why eating their veg is important. And it's exactly the same with adults. The problem is, you know, you can force a child to eat a certain way. You can't with an adult. You can't with yourself. And so it's about helping people to, to change at a deeper level. Just to treat, I treat myself. This might frustrate a few people, uh, but that's the 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 role of a coach, isn't it? And that, I think that's a big difference, and and that's a skill that we have developed, you know, from years of PTs, from years of doing this, is to be able to get people to question these things. And I have this conversation a lot with people, not a lot, sorry, probably more often than, than you believe. When people have PTs, people are like, okay, how long have you been training your PT? And they're like, oh, eight months, 16 months, whatever, quite a significant amount of time. Like, what was your original goal? To lose a stone, to get fitter, you know, the, the kind of usual stuff. And have you achieved that? No. Why are you paying your PT for doing this? Like, well, I don't listen to what they're doing. Which is fair enough, and you have to take some ownership of that. So if your PT is like, I want you to hit these calories, and I want you to hit these steps, and I want you to do these workouts when you're not with me, and you're not doing them, okay. That is on you, but then it should be the PT's job to find out, as we do, great coach like yourself, Joe, well, why are you not doing this? What's stopping you from hitting these calories? Is it emotionally eating? Is it 
you know, this false belief of foods? Is it that tracking for you is a barrier? You know, it's too inconvenient. You don't see the value of it. So it's being able to question people on that and challenge people on that. That's what gets the results. And I know I've just gone on a slight tangent there about PTs, but that's, you know, the big difference between, I'd say, us coaching and someone just telling you what to do. Because I do see that a lot. And, you know, perhaps if you're listening to this and you have a PT and you're not getting the results you want, I'm not necessarily blaming the PT. Maybe the PT just doesn't have the skill set to get you where you need to because they can fix the issues or the struggles that you've got. That's when you want to come see us. Absolutely. Part two? Go for it. My my favourite one. In my experience of why most people are unsuccessful on their their dieting efforts is a difficulty or a refusal to learn and reflect on the past. And so when it comes to these previous dieting attempts that you've had, very often people go, well, I lost weight on Slimming World, so I'm going to do that again. Okay, but it didn't work longer term, so why not? And this is, and this is the, the crux of the issue here. And I think that when it comes to reflecting and looking at the past and taking that personal responsibility, it's difficult because you've then got to shine a light of criticism on yourself. A lot of the people that we work with are very self-critical. They're very negative. They struggle with self-care. They often put themselves at the bottom of the pile. And so to reflect on decisions where they've not, where they've not followed through with what they've said or things haven't worked can feel like more negativity. But not sticking to a diet, it's not a good thing. It's not a bad thing. Just it is what it is. And what people end up doing is they apply these emotions to situations where they're just not relevant. And so when it comes to looking at decisions that you've made, we don't need to look at them as good or bad. We just need to look at them and say, was that the right thing to do? If the answer is yes, that's cool. If the answer is no, then we need to look for a solution. And people carry so much weight and they have this massive burden on looking at the past and reflecting on decisions. But if you don't do it, then you will be bound to repeat the same things again. So, for example, one of the things that, that I struggle with is when I go to like a buffet or like a, I don't mean like a buffet restaurant. I mean, somebody's put on a large spread is I'll often think, well, I'll just get a bit of whatever I fancy. And then I'll mindlessly and then I'll, at the end I'll go, oh, I had a bit more than I should have done there. So if I just think, right, well, next time I'm going to, you know, oh, I don't want to think about it. I don't want to dwell on the past. I don't want to beat myself up. I'm just going to draw a line under it and I'm going to move on. All those sayings that I love when people say, then if we think about what's happened is I've got a habit of seeing a large amount of food and eating whatever I fancy. If I don't think about what's happened, why would that habit possibly change? I've not learned anything. I've not reflected on what's gone on. I've not given myself a strategy going forwards. You have to be willing to look at what doesn't work so that then going forwards, you can do something differently. And so then for me, you know, the, the plan for this going forwards, because I've reflected on that is to have one of the things that I like rather than everything to have more protein and veg. To be super aware next time I'm in this environment, rather than just being like a bull in a china shop, just crashing through and eating everything. Not that a bull would eat in a china shop, but you know what I mean? That's how I feel. Then nothing's going to change. And it all comes down to that willingness to do that. You know, this is one of the key things that a large amount of people miss is they don't look at what they did wrong. People will spend so much time. We have a specific task as part of our process that says, looking over the past week, what would you do differently? And so many people, I would say nine out of 10 people say, well, I was at my brother's house and he left this box of skips out and then there was a Kit Kat and then it was Easter. So I had to do this. It's not reflecting. They're just talking about why they made decisions. They're not looking at what they do differently because it's hard because you have to admit that you didn't do things very well. 
And as with anything, anything that's, that's hard to achieve is probably not going to have a, a comfortable process. It's not going to be easy to do. And that's something that I would like to see more people working on. And if that's you, then it's something to, to action going forward. And we get it because it is difficult because, you know, in these situations, it's obviously it's, often you're reflecting on when you've messed up. You're reflecting on when you've done something that you wanted to change. But that's not necessarily a negative. I know it might feel like a negative, but even though that example that you're saying there is, I understand why people don't like doing it, why it's uncomfortable. He's like, right, I messed up. I just want to pretend it never happened. But you've lost the value. You've lost the benefit of messing up there. Mm. You know, the whole thing where you were your buffet. And then there's loads of stuff you can learn from that. So if you go, you reflect, you go, right, every time I go to a buffet, I eat like a bull in a china shop, which is very strange saying, Joe. <laughs> um, so then you go, right, what what will I do different next time? Like you said, that's the only way to learn. It's like you do these situations, you mess up. There's nothing you can do about it. I never want anyone to beat themselves up about something they've done in the past because what's the point? It's been and it's gone. Just learn from it and then try something different. So you might be like, right, well, the next time I'm going to make sure that when I go, I've eaten. I'm going to eat something just before I go, you know, just a snack, high-protein snack. And then you could just implement anything. And you're like, well, I'm going to prioritize protein. I'm going to allow myself like one treat you know, like a piece of cake or something like that. Or you could be like, right, I'm going to allow myself, I'm going to stick to one plate of food, that's it. And a sensible size plate of food as well, not just like trying to stack it as high as possible, <laughs> as humanly possible, as high as yourself. You know, and then you go, you've got like a really sensible tactic to go in there. I'm going to eat before I go, I'm going to allow, stick myself to one food and I'm going to, you know, one plate, sorry, and I'm going to allow myself like one piece of cake or dessert or something like that. Right, cool. That's Now we've turned that negative into a positive. It's a real good positive reframe. I messed up. I wasn't happy with my choices. Now I've got something positive to go back with. But yeah, just people struggle. It's one of the things that I have to pull my clients up the most. You've not done your reflection. <laughs> you've, answered, you've not answered it properly. Yeah, you, you've had all this food and you just put a dash there. Like, I, I, I'm not doing this to make you feel bad. I'm not using like, oh, God, yeah, I shouldn't have eaten I shouldn't have that. But again, I pull people up. In fact, we need to speak about this. Um, on the farm, when people just go, wouldn't have eaten it. What would you do if I wouldn't have eaten it? That for me is that was an option then, but you didn't take it. So, how will you try and show that you don't eat it next time? Mm-hmm. Will you eat before you go to the buffet? Will you allow yourself to just the one plate? You know, give me some specifics because just going, I want, I want to eat it. You're not learning anything. It's a real kind of throwaway comment for me. I suppose we're getting to the weeds a bit with our coaching here. So, maybe we should move on. Changing your mindset. Big one. Huge one. Because all your choices are driven by what your thoughts. And if you don't change that, again, you know, a lot of these will overlap. If you go back to that, oh, I'm just going to change what I'm eating. I don't care if you're tracking points, if you're tracking sins, if you're tracking calories, if you're not eating carbohydrates, if you're tired, if you're upset, if you're ready to smash a bottle of wine because you emotionally eat, you're not going to open up my fitness pal and go, right, I've got 278 calories. That works out at 126 milliliters of wine. Let me just measure that out. Or I can have 1.62 pieces of Toblerone. It's not going to happen. So again, looking at that root cause, looking at why we're not being consistent, why we're not sticking to what we know we should be sticking to. That's going to be the biggest thing. So if you're current diet doesn't address any kind of mindset stuff if it is just like hit your calories 
hit your protein, hit your steps. Then for long-term results, and you go back to picking up on what you said, you know, spoke to loads of people, just go like, I did really well on X, Y, and Z plan. Then I stopped it and I put all the weight back on. That for me is not a successful diet. That's you holding your breath for a while. That's for you going, I'm going to stick to these rules and then get this desired result. But then I've not learned anything, not changed anything. I've not you know, changed my identity, not changed the way I think about things. I've just managed to hold my breath long enough to get this result. And then I bounce back. That's mm. not successful. Don't go back and do that again. Then we've, we've, we know that that doesn't work now. You could reflect on it. Go right. Well, you know what part of it did work, mm. what part of it didn't. But for me, if if you're one of the people who are listed, which is probably everyone that knows that it's your mindset that you struggle with that drives these poor food choices, or even if you go like, I don't know why I'm not doing it, that's going to be a behavioral issue. You know, it's not going to be a I'm accidentally eating 150 calories over my maintenance every single day. Then if your current diet, if your current approach does not do anything with mindset, not the right diet for you. I'm always very cautious because I'm not a fan of people ragging on other people's um, approaches. I think as we've, you know, we've been on, as you say, PTs for a long time, online coaches for seven years, and I'm sure Right at the beginning, we said the same thing. We said mindset's really important. That's what we focus on. But I think having had seven years in the trenches with this stuff, and then you look at, you speak to other coaches, or you see what other coaches are doing, and then them saying, oh, we're going to work on your mindset. Now, just writing down your goals at the start of your three-month program is not working on your mindset. And it's really important that you actually look at, not just with other coaches, I guess with anybody that you're working with, how is somebody going to help you change that? What is their process? And if it takes them 30 seconds and it's a to-do list to explain, then it's probably a little bit of a red light, a bit of a red flag, not red light, red flag. You know, if you say to me, how, how does sustain change your mindset? I can give you the, I'd probably give you the 60 second summary. Then there's also deeper thoughts behind that. In fact, I'll give you the 60 second summary now. So how does sustain change people's mindsets? We look at the thoughts that you're having that lead to your decisions. And then ultimately help you to become more aware of them faster. So often people will say, I knew I shouldn't do it. I knew I shouldn't do it. Or I was having this battle with myself back and forwards or in hindsight, I shouldn't have eaten this. And the problem there is they're only realizing this after they've eaten. You need to be able to realize these things faster. And people take their thoughts as gospel. They trust everything that they hear and think. Oh, I'd quite like, like me at the buffet. I'd really like to eat each one of these desserts. That is just a thought. That is just whispers in the air and people have this belief that every single thought they have is valid. Every single thought they have is true and legitimate and should be acted on. Once you become aware of how many thoughts you have that you ignore, it's then about replicating that knowledge to your food. And this is something that takes a lot of practice because most people that we work with, most people in general, have never done it. They've trusted every thought they've had. They believe that they run the show that they decide what they're going to think about. Try and meditate for two minutes and tell me that you can, you know, try and focus on your breath for two minutes and see how many different thoughts come up and then recognize how much of your mindset and how much of your thoughts you actually control because it's very, very few. And then it becomes immediately obvious why writing down your goals at the start of a three-month process didn't work, didn't change the way that you think because you're, you know, you're bringing a knife to a gunfight. You're trying to change something that's been in place for decades of your life without any consistent effort.
And so it's probably going to be the hardest thing that you do as part of this process, but that's the reason that it has the, the biggest result. Yeah, it's a, it's a longevity that people are after. You know, we're called sustained nutrition for a reason, not rapid results, nutrition. I don't know, brainstorming. Um, and yeah, we're not, I'm not, I feel like you pointed the finger at me there, Joe, not bagging on any other systems because they do work. You know, clearly like Weight Watchers, Slimming World, you know, Body Coach, they put up some, you know, very impressive transformations. But those people probably didn't have huge emotional behavioral blockages. You know, they're the lucky ones who just did need to find something that they could stick to. But, you know, the evidence is there when you speak to people. What have you tried to fix this? Every single diet going. And again, Mm -hmm. moving on to the next point, but none of them consistently. Which, again, sounds like you're putting it onto the person. If someone says to me, I've tried every single diet going, and I go, well, and none of them consistently, I'm not poo-pooing. I'm not going, yeah, it's your fault. I'm going like, okay. The coach in me goes, well, let's look at why we've not been able to be consistent. What stopped you? Again, is that because, I'll just jump over all the points now. Is it being too far removed from you know, your, your day-to-day life? Has it been too strict, too restrictive, too rigid? What's you know, stopping you from being consistent because then we can reverse engineer that and then we can create something that fits around you. I think some people feel that maybe we sustain that it's like a really rigid, strict plan. It's not. I want to create something that fits around my client because every single person that I spoke to this week has a different situation, is at a different stage, a different place, is able to do different things. You know, you might have someone who's got three kids and the husband works away on all rigs. Okay, I can't be like, right, what I want you to do is go to the gym at 7 p.m. on a night. Like, well, I can't. Who's going to look after the kids? You know, you've got someone else who's a grandparent and they're retired, but then they've got, you know, two fake knees and two fake hips. Okay, well, I'm not going to be like, right, well, you need to do hill sprints and, I'll say it, German volume training. It's not <laughs> going to work for you. <laughs> I had to put it in there. Um it's finding what works for you. Some people don't want to eat breakfast. Some people want to eat breakfast. Some people don't want protein at breakfast. Okay, cool. That don't work for you. Then let's find out what works. You know, the way we start is we start off with these set parameters, as you kind of alluded to earlier, that we know help, that we know work, and they're all out there. It's no secrets. You know, prioritize protein, high fiber vegetables, plenty meals. Take from that what you need, really. It doesn't mean that like you have to do these things. If you don't do these 10 things, then that's it, you're out. Like, okay, you really can't stomach protein for breakfast. That's cool. Let's see if we can get it in a little bit later in the day. Let's see how that, you know, affects your cravings or your hunger levels. It's about finding something that fits you instead of you struggling to fit around it. Again, for me, if you look and go, right, and for everyone, if they're not reason, reason, reason can't speak, they've not met their goals. If they've not, if they've been on and off diets for years and years and years, then it's consistency is what's lacking. But that doesn't mean try harder. That means, okay, let's try smarter. What stops you from being consistent? Well, I try and cut out all my favorite foods. Okay, let's stop doing that then. Let's learn to moderate. Let's factor these things in. You know, or I I go too hard, too fast, or I try and do unrealistic. Or, you know, that sort of beauty, isn't it? Like, I get really disappointed when I see the scale stop moving. Okay, then let's move our focus away from the scales. Let's look at process-based goals. Or let's look at that. As an emotional piece, why does that upset you? That's for me, 
if the scale stopped moving, that's a sign that maybe something needs changing. Or it's just your body just going, hang about. I don't like this. Right, let's stay consistent. And then we'll see a big drop next week. So if you've struggled and struggled and struggled, consistency is going to be the thing that's missing. What stops you from being consistent is a great question. And then put things in place to fix that. Yeah, it's having that growth mindset with it too, is that people often say, well... And reflective. Yeah, absolutely. Is I couldn't, I couldn't do X. Well, why didn't you just try adjusting X? Oh, because the rules said that. But they're just arbitrary rules made up by someone else. You know, no one's you're gonna, choosing to follow. Yeah, no one's going to come knock at your door. You know, it's not the Gestapo. Is you know, Sustain recommends that you don't drink alcohol. They're not going to come and slap a gin and tonic out of your hand. You know, and make you just have a water. You know, I do that to you, Joe. It doesn't matter. Yeah, you're Larry. You try it. You just try it. <laughs> And I think that that probably, you know, that ties nicely into the next point, which you mentioned before, is people do these, they look for this magic bullet of just changing something, changing one area. So whether that be, we're going to pull all the carbs out, or we're just going to eat in a certain window, or we're going to do the Beyonce maple syrup diet, or, and, you know, even, even with me, you know, I started distance running recently, and I thought, do you know what, this will have a really big impact on me, I'll be able to get loads leaner, because I'm burning loads more calories. Uh-uh just there's not you cannot change one thing and expect the rest to change and i'm training for marathons you know i ran 40 miles last week and if you do not get everything right consistently it doesn't matter i ran 56 miles when i was on holiday over the course of two weeks and i still gained nine pounds you know you just have to do all of the little pieces because if you start exercising a lot then your appetite will go up if you follow something you know that's either a a strict eating window then maybe my experience of this personally was i ended up being really hungry it hit my mood hit my ability to be consistent now for some people it works great but for most people when they can eat at any point they want to they struggle to manage their hunger and their blood sugar so why would you then restrict that further that's my personal view on fasting i know that you've you've had you do you have success with it but you obviously you don't do it now do you uh, i do it occasionally so I, I just depends how i feel um if I wake up and I'm not hungry, then I'll push my breakfast back. But I'll still track calories when I'm fasting because I could easily smash in over 3,000 calories in a in an eating window. Challenge accepted. <laughs> so I didn't find any off, you know, what is it, autophagy. You know, I didn't start looking younger. My wrinkles didn't disappear. Not, not the, the empty promises that come from fasting. My body didn't start to heal itself. I didn't find any accelerated fat loss. It just, the only reason I like it is because I kind of eat larger meals. If I am dieting, so if start I'm marathon back, running, that really yeah. helps too. <laughs> Thank you. My back's bad enough. Um, <laughs> so if I cut my calories, obviously then my meals. You know, I've had that before when I've got leaner. People are like, well, what are you eating? I'm eating the same foods that I ate before, just a little bit less. Mm. You know, my my diet. I don't change to diet foods. I'll just cut back on a few things. Um, so yeah, it just means that I can eat larger meals later on in the day. That's all. I find it easier to skip breakfast than I would do to skip dinner. But that's it. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah I guess it works, it's... it works for some people. But sorry to interrupt, no, no. Joe. That's again, it's finding what works for you. Some people don't like eating breakfast. Don't eat breakfast, then it's not going to slow down your metabolism. If you do really enjoy eating breakfast, eat breakfast. Don't try and force yourself to fast because that's not going to help you. Because then you're going to get a ton of cravings, and then eleven o'clock, you're going to eat four chocolate croissants. As a guess, <laughs> it's just so common, isn't it, that people 
push themselves too hard in the wrong area, hoping that this is going to going to fix all their problems. And that actually, the reason they weren't losing weight was because they were having too many carbs, or because their their eating window was too big. You know, it's a nice idea. And as I say, if it works, that's great. I got no. I've got. I've had clients who've done keto. I've had clients who've done fasting. You know, all those pieces. See how it goes. Roll the dice. We just don't have. Don't be a zealot about it. Don't kind of force everybody to do it and don't tell everybody about it because no one really cares. And just, yeah, try it and see what happens. And if it doesn't, then guess, you know, back to back to point two, learn from it, reflect from it, what worked well. Like you said, oh, sometimes if I'm not hungry, I get up and I'll just push my breakfast back. Other times you wake up and you're hungry. I imagine you eat your breakfast. You know, it's, just not, it's just not being too strict to that stuff because use it when it serves you and then move away from it if it doesn't. I think I want to add one more as well, Joe. I thought up. Be honest with yourself. I don't know if you find this. Like we have tons of conversations with people because we want to help as many people as possible. We've got a ton of free downloads, you know, resources that we send out to people. So we need to find out a little bit more about them. And people will come up with stuff like, yeah, it's carbs. And you go, okay. Sweet potatoes, oats, bananas. No. Crisps. A portion. Yeah, portion control. Crisps, chocolate, chips pizza okay right now we've gone from an entire food group to four very specific foods that we need to be mindful of the other one would be you know i was speaking to a lady the other day how long you've been struggling with this 30 years but the last eight years i've had a lot of stress okay i appreciate that but it's been three decades you know it's probably not the eight years the eight years of this stress because you was talking about cortisol levels raising due to the stress okay like it's probably not that. That might make it a little bit harder for us to shift the weight now. But we've got 22 years before that that you've been struggling. So let's focus on that again. Just when you're really honest with yourself, you go, right, is it this? Is it that? Is it because I've broken my toe and I've not been able to exercise for four months? Well, you were exercising for the last 30 years when you've been struggling with your weight. So it's probably not that. It's probably one of these bigger issues that we spoke about earlier on, You know, the mindset issues, the behavioral issues. So when you're kind of honest with yourself as well, then you'll get better answers. You've got to ask yourself better questions to get better answers and get really clear on actually what's what's the truth and not this, oh, well, it's because if I can't exercise because I've got a bad hip. And so they'll say, well, you know, the fact that you've broken your toe is a fact. Is it therefore a fact that you can't exercise? Mm, there's some exercises that you can't do. Is it therefore a fact that you have to gain weight? Well, no. And, and people might say, well, yeah, it's inevitable. Well, actually, does everybody who breaks their toe or their foot or their arm or their leg or their wrist, do they automatically gain weight? Of course not. Okay, so what's the solution there? Well, you change your eating. Okay, bingo. So you've gone from something that you have no control over. That might be a limb or you know, an operation or whatever. Maybe it's something you can control. Now, where are you going to focus? And this is where it comes back to that mindset piece. Are you going to focus on the things that you control? Or are you going to let yourself, are you going to attend your pity party? Are you going to just keep turning up every week and feeling sorry for yourself that you can't control this thing? And I get that it's frustrating, but it's it's an old story, isn't it? If everybody's got two wolves inside them. And you've got the wolf that is kindness and empathy and compassion and honesty and integrity. And you've got the wolf that's greed and bitterness and resentment and anger. And which one survives? Well, it's the one that you feed. And if you feed the idea that you're your limitation is your biggest issue, then there's nothing you can do and you're not going to try. 
Whereas if you focus on the areas that you can be successful, then you will be, or you've at least got a lot more chance of it. There's no guarantees of these things, but at least you're then working on the things that you can control. That's so empowering. That's what people need. People need to feel, it's one of the reasons why some, uh, you know, if you look at the things that make people happy in their job, it's having responsibility for things, having ownership over something, having that autonomy. And so if you're focusing on the things that you can control, then it's more empowering and you're going to feel better. Whereas if you just focus on how unfair it all is and all the things that you're missing out on, then you're not going to feel very good about it. And it's far more productive because yeah. like you said, it's, it's empowering and there's things that you can change. So if you just sit there going like, well, this is just going to happen now. Like you said, ask yourself that question. Well, are there people out there that don't exercise and lose weight? Of course there is, right? So then that's a fact, isn't it? Now we know that's true. So maybe whilst it sucks that you broke your toe or your ankle or your wrist or whatever, okay, what can you do? I can still go walking if it's your wrist or your ankle probably. You know, I can still do this. I can still go train up a body if I needed to, if I was a member of a gym or whatever. It's like, like once you go, right, okay, that's out of my control. What can I control? Then we've got a list. And I bet it's going to be more things that you can control than that you can't. It's just we concentrate on the things that we can't, and that's when it becomes a bit of a negative loop. Absolutely. Good. Good? Yes. Question good. Perfect. (laughs) Right, guys, thanks as always for listening. Don't forget to like, subscribe, leave a review. Join our group. Links in the description. I feel like I'm doing a cheerleading chat there. Anything to add, Joe? No, all good. Thanks for listening. If you need any help, drop us a message. We're very happy to chat.